what are your what are your thoughts on this? I We're talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I think Johnny Depp is the the most important trial in the last several years for us. It's a credibility case. It's what we do every single yeah. day. And people don't think that women lie, and we know that they do. Yeah. Think about the last seven it's, results on our Title IX cases. She says one thing. He says a different thing. How is it more likely or less likely that one person is telling the truth? Does it match up with the other evidence? Is it plausible and likely to be true? Is it implausible and unlikely to be true? Is it supported by expert testimony? Is it supported by physical evidence? Uh, and it was all there. There was, I thought it was a wonderful trial. It really sounded more like he was the one that was abused than anything. Which is not, It's you don't hear a lot of cases where the male is abused by the female. There was a, a very succinct question. I thought Johnny Depp's lawyers were much better than Amber Heard's lawyers. And they asked a question, Miss Heard, what did he do wrong? And she said, I don't know. Yeah. My, my favorite witness that I saw a clip of was, uh, I believe it was a witness associated with TMZ. Again, I didn't watch the whole thing, so I apologize. But Amber Heard's attorney basically just posed a question to him and basically said, you're here for your 15 minutes of fame, right? Did you see that part? And he said, you're here for your 15 yeah, minutes of fame, right? He goes, absolutely not. I'm actually putting myself in the crosshairs of a very litigious company and i could say the same thing about you taking on amber heard as a client in your 15 minutes of fame um, being a witness and responding in such a fashion is not always the, the best thing um, but i at least thought he was respectful and somewhat truthful in his his answer i really like the cross of the expert regarding the finger i think uh, amber heard's finger Amber Heard's attorneys called an expert to say that the finger wasn't lacerated um, in a particular way, that it was maybe closed in a door. There had been prior testimony about uh, her throwing a vodka bottle at his finger and him having to get treatment for the finger. And they tried to put forward some other uh, evidence. And it was a really nice cross-examination by her lawyer that says, you don't know how this happened, correct? And did you look at the photo and you see the blood and you see the vodka bottle and you see that and you don't really know how this happened. It, it was just quite nicely done by the attorney. When you are able to effectively cross-examine their expert and cause their own expert to question what they're there to testify about, I, I don't know that there's any more powerful testimony than that. One side is calling an expert, paying for an expert to be there to educate the jury on a topic that they believe is helpful to their client. And with a proper cross-examination, if you can completely shut down that expert or uh, get the expert to admit that there may be other possibilities other than what they're testifying about, I, I, I think it's brilliant. So disappointments. I was a little disappointed in the summation of Johnny Depp's attorneys. I think the, the woman read the closing. Mm. Um, Probably the biggest trial she'll ever do. You'd think. Why? She didn't have you to would think the end would be her per best performance. Yeah, and she I was mean, going she's so like good. Basically dating him. <laughs> or she, so they what say. What did she call it? She called it Amber Heard's role of a lifetime. Yeah, it was it, the content was there. We talk about content, organization, delivery. Content was good. 
organization was good, but I didn't think she delivered as good as you. You were upset she that she she sat and she read most of it. Yeah, yeah. And and before that, I had watched some of her cross examination of some of the witnesses, the same attorney, and she was very good. And she, I don't think she needed to read it. She did, but uh, and then and then it's also she very didn't stressful. Well, she didn't ask the jury for a verdict either, which I think cuts both ways. They didn't ask the jury for a number. So then the jury comes back, I don't know, and there was the conference at the bench because they didn't fill out the damages portion. And I think that's because the lawyer didn't ask for a number. And my guess is if she would have asked for a bigger number, she would have got a bigger number. It's very stressful to do a closing argument on a very important case, let alone when it's being publicly televised and all over social media. Um, well, just the extent of Amber's lies and the fact that there was a makeup company to that came in and said, no, you're, this is not true. Like this makeup palette wasn't even around when you claimed that you used it on your bruises is kind of mind blowing. The fact that this actually all stemmed through TikTok is also a really interesting factor. The fact that social media played a factor in it current ongoing case trial is kind of cool right and millions of dollars um, right very famous people and yeah uh, yeah i mean at the end of the day are they i'm sure they both played a, a role in their you know their demise but i definitely think that she defamed him it's not a healthy relationship. Right. Like, I think they both played a part in having a toxic relationship, but I don't think it needed to go to the extent that it did. Another really interesting thing, kind of what you're saying about the makeup, is we, we think about what can we prove? This person says this and this person says that. Well, maybe we can't prove that that's true, but we can prove that the makeup didn't exist. And that's just as good as proving that she's not telling the truth or you saw the lawyer's fist pump when she said the word Kate Moss. Cause there had been a pretrial ruling mm -hmm. that we're not going to be able to talk about this Kate Moss thing. And they, and by her testifying to that, she did what they call quote, open the door. Yeah. So she says, I was thinking about Kate Moss. So now Johnny Depp's team is allowed to call Kate Moss as a witness, but it was very short. Did you see it? She was on, it was via Skype or whatever. Cause she was in London and they asked her three questions, and then that was it. And to me, the questions weren't anything that wasn't already established, like the credibility. I don't. I, I think it was maybe one of the nails in the coffin. Maybe there were more than one, but it was. I did this because of what Johnny had done to Kate Moss, and Kate she's, Moss put, was she's like, putting that out no, there. No, this didn't like, happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. I'm the person who was there. You weren't here mm -hmm. and just to show that she's not credible. Yeah. Right. So, I well. thought there were a lot of really interesting legal, legal issues and, and credibility. And I think it's good for our cases where we defend people. And the question is always, why would somebody make this up? We don't know why people make things up. People lie. People have been lying a long time. I mean, I think revenge. People are angry. I mean, in divorce proceedings, people are very emotional and they hold on to their revenge for a long time sometimes. Different people lie for different reasons. They don't want to look like dumbasses, right? They don't want to admit that they were wrong. Sometimes they believe their own lies. Those are the toughest ones. Well, yeah. 
And then if she really does have a mental illness, that plays a part in it, too. That's, I don't know. Greg's over here on TikTok. He's done with the conversation. <laughs> or TMZ, because now we know that those are his favorite things to look into. <laughs> All right, ready, Greg, entertain me. <laughs> Be funny, ready, go. Okay, so it's Friday, happy hour. Greg's got stories. Greg just keeps winning. Full of stories, full of stories. Well, let me ask you this. What would you do if you were 19 years old, 20 years old, and you make a mistake? Anybody ever... Make a mistake when they were 19 years old. Do something, Everybody. Do something you wish you didn't do when you were 19, Greg? Everybody. Everybody except Greg? Everybody except Greg. Okay. But think back to when you were 19 years old. The stupid things you do without even thinking. Lapses of judgment. Just, just mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes can result in you getting arrested. Criminal convictions, probation, jail, community service, um, embarrassment telling your parents, having to get a lawyer, all the things that you should not be worried about when you're 19, you're working, you're going to school. Um, so what do you do? Like, wh What happens? Well, I, I can tell you I just represented an individual who was in those exact shoes, 19 years old, made a mistake. There is no legal defense to this mistake. Like we, what mistake? I mean, stealing. you can think of many things. Stealing, petty larceny, shoplifting. Um, something that everybody agrees is wrong of course illegal of course we all agree that you, you cannot go to a store and steal but it happens like i said lapse of judgment uh, bad decision making whatever the case may be you're now in this predicament where you have to tell your parents you got to go to court you need to get a lawyer you're facing consequences that you don't want to think about because at the same time you're in college and you have a final exam coming up and you have a part-time job that you're working 20 hours a week and you don't have time to go to court. You don't have time to hire a lawyer. So we always talk about legal defenses, uh, which you know is a defense to the charge. Either the charge did not happen the way that the police say it happened or it was overcharged. Then we talk about moral defenses. Like one of the, my favorite things that you say, Bob, is you, you talk about the people that we represent. Most often, we represent good people who make mistakes. We all have family members who have drug problems, drinking problems, um, problems in their, you know, their family life. Every once in a while, we come across a, a case where a bad person does a bad thing. And I think we can all agree bad people that do bad things there are consequences for that. There are other versions of crimes where good people make mistakes. Yeah. So I have a different way that I kind of say it. I say, is it a good person who did something stupid? Exactly. Or is it an evil person? I said I don't say it as well as you do. Yeah, but that's the, you've yeah. heard it quite that's a few a times. That's a quote. quote. <laughs> when you've done a few thousand meetings, you tend to say some of the same things over and over. Yeah, um, and, and so in our world, when we talk about, let's just say, Petty larceny, right? So what happens to a young person charged with shoplifting, petty larceny? Um, well, if it's your first offense, more often than not, you go to court, you hire an attorney, your attorney negotiates, and they get something called an ACD. It stands for Adjournment and Contemplation of Dismissal. And the DA will 
uh, agree to adjourn the case for a period of six months. And if you stay out of trouble for six months, you don't get rearrested. The case gets dismissed and sealed after six months as if it never happened. And a lot of times what they do um, in exchange for the ACD is they make you do some community service um, to, to have some consequences for your wrongdoing. Um, that's probably the most common example for a young person with no criminal history. It doesn't happen in every case. It depends on what you steal, how much you steal, how you did it. Well, um, can I ask, so in this situation that we're talking about, what walk me through what it looks like. Like what happened? How much did this person steal? And what happens that you go to court? And then what happens when you're at court? I mean, what? Yeah, give me a breakdown because I, I, I don't know. Yeah, so... What happens in commercial petty larcenies, which are petty larcenies from stores, Walmart, Wegmans, Kohl's, Best Buy, the mall, JCPenney, Macy's, is more often than not, you get stopped at the exit because most of these stores have loss prevention officers who are in plain clothes or who are watching uh, through the cameras and they catch you at the door walking to your car with the stuff. So the first thought that I have, if I was in that position, is just sheer embarrassment. You know, you're you're in a public place, and you're being stopped by a loss prevention officer. Within ten minutes, they call the sheriffs, they call the police, and you're in the back of a cop car. They usually like Eastview, I think, has a little station yeah, in they, Eastview. They have a substation for yeah. the Ontario County Sheriffs right there, and you sit in the back of a cop car. You you get taken to the station. You get fingerprinted. Once you get fingerprinted, you get photographed, and you are now charged with a crime. Are you given a ticket? Like, you don't go to jail, right? You're just given you, a ticket. You are given you an appearance appear. ticket. An appearance ticket will have a court date. It's your first appearance in court. Um, so you hire an attorney. You you go to court, and your first court appearance, it's called your arraignment. The judge essentially tells you what you're charged with formally. You get the documents from the court, and, um, you know, from then on, your attorney is negotiating with the prosecutor and hopefully getting you the best outcome that you can get. And like I said, when you're in college and you're working a part-time job, yes, you made a mistake, um, you know, but finding the time to do community service, especially now with COVID going on, there's not as many places that are open. Um, it is, it's not easy. It's time consuming. It's expensive. And uh, it's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing mistake. It's embarrassing, but it's also an expensive mistake. It's an you expensive have... mistake. It, yes, exactly. Yes. Um, so, so today, you know, making this appearance, um, it's a, it was our second appearance. So we had the arraignment, like I talked about, and I negotiated with the the DA's office, and we were discussing in adjournment and contemplation of dismissal. The only bad part about an ACD is it stays open for six months. So you have an open arrest on your record for six months. And that's to make sure that you don't commit any other crimes within that exactly. time. Exactly. And during those six months, while you're in college, you may be applying for summer internships. You may be graduating and applying for jobs. Um, and to have an open charge on your record for those six months might mean that you can't work for the summer or you got to wait six months before you can actually start your, your real job job hunt. So does that come up on a background check while it's pending then? Yes. If if the employer that you're um, applying to um, performs background checks, it most likely will show up. Um, it definitely will show up if you're getting a background check for a government position or a state position or applying for a nursing license or something like that. Um, it will show up. So 
using the moral defenses that we talked about, you know, I, I finally just talked to the DA and, and said, is it necessary for this particular person in her uh, position in life, is it necessary to wait the six months? Like, like I said, there was a mistake. Um, the mistake has meant a lot to this person, costly mistake, embarrassing mistake. And um, the DA agreed to just outright dismiss it today based wow. upon our advocacy for the client. Does this person still have to do community service or anything like no, that? No, no community service. It was dismissed today. She walked out of court, um, and the case was dismissed. Um, and an event like that, what are the repercussions when it comes to the store? Are they banned for life, or like how does that work? Some stores will issue a trespass notice, Walmart, Wegmans, um, Von Mar, isn't it? If you ever steal from them, you're done forever. You can't go back there. That may be the case. I'm more familiar with Wegmans and Walmart. They give a trespass notice. I've done a couple of Von Mar. I think it's two years usually. Oh, is it? Uh, and then what you see, the people come back when they're not supposed to come back, then they charge them with a felony, felony. for entering unlawfully with the intent to commit a crime. They're in when they steal from the same place twice. And, and that's a, a secondary consequence of stealing from a place like Walmart. I'm actually trying to help a former client right now um, get a trespass notice rescinded from Walmart. And you don't just communicate with the, the local Walmart store. you got to communicate with corporate Walmart. And we've been fighting this battle for probably two to three months right now with absolutely no end in sight. You know, there's no response. And, and like I said before, the person made a mistake. They just want to be able to go to their local Walmart to buy groceries. You know, so we advocated for her. The criminal case in that case was also dismissed. Um, yeah. the, the case is closed. It's been a what year if, and a half, two years, and she still can't go to Walmart. And we're trying to rectify that. So what if somebody is a kleptomaniac where they have to steal? Is that something where then they, if they get caught, then they go through a counseling service of some sort? Is there anything like that? I mean. Possibly. I don't think you can have a diagnosis that allows you to commit crimes. Can I, I, I'm a criminal defense I don't know, lawyer, but I thought but a kleptomaniac is a real like mental illness or something like that. What if somebody has a mental illness that forces them to kill people? Is that okay? I'm, I'm a serial killer because that's my no, mental No, I'm just wondering illness. what the different repercussions are. Like, is there counseling? That's so what I'm saying. Generally speaking. Jail time. I don't know. But, you know, every case is different. Maybe you can prefer, you know, provide some sort of If it's records. a third offense or something. Um, generally speaking, you're not going to get an ACD the second time around. Your consequences are going to be more significant. And on the third time, it'll be more significant and so on and so forth. And eventually you're going to end up with you know, three to four criminal convictions and probably some jail time. Um, it yeah. happens. Sometimes people learn their lessons. Sometimes people don't. So the moral of the story is don't steal because then you have to hire an attorney and do all this stuff. It's, it's, I think it's more of the embarrassing Plus it's not right. and expensive. Yeah. And it's, it's not right. But like I said, people make mistakes. So, Well, one for the books today.